you're listening to this podcast, you care about local politics. If you're listening to this podcast, you're checking in on a series on the Making a Difference show known as Primary Focus. And what we're doing, particularly in Augusta, Richmond County, in the state of Georgia, is we're focusing on local candidates who will be participating, who are up for election in the May 22nd primary. Before we start the podcast, let's thank a few sponsors. Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Let's also thank Jesse and Doris Willard with your locally owned H&R Block at 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepzibah. I recommend them because of their 25 years in the business and because they personally do my taxes. Call the Willards at 706-305-1412, 706-305-1412. Again, thank you for your concern and your passion about local politics. And if you're listening to this podcast, please, please, please make sure you participate in these important elections in 2018. You're listening to Making a Difference. I'm sitting here currently with a gentleman who I've known for a, some years and very glad to know for some years I was there with him when he was uh, elected as the commissioner of District 2 back in 2014 and uh, has, you know, really accomplished a lot and has uh, really spoken to a lot of important issues, you know, in four short years. Glad to have with us on the show. And I'll let him introduce himself in his own way. We're here with Mr. Uh, Dennis Williams. How you doing, my friend? Fine, sir. How are you this morning? Tell you, bless. Had a chance to sit down and, you know, we before we talk about politics, I had a chance to talk about, you know, family and, and, and different things like that. Always good to, you know, have those discussions. You know, people see you all as, you know, as political figures, as, you know, local leaders and rightfully so. But, hey, you know, if, if you cut us, we bleed. If they cut you guys, you bleed. And, of course, you guys have, you know, interests and concerns outside, you know, of the uh, commission chamber. So glad to have a chance to talk about that. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on before us in our community today that we have to be concerned with. Most certainly. Want to jump right into the conversation. I uh, want, want to ask you personally, you know, and of course we're in campaign season. How's campaigning been going so far? Campaigning's been going pretty pretty good lately. Uh, I've been attending several different forums. I'm also continuing with my duties as a current commissioner. So I've been out in the public and addressing people and things like that. So things seem quite positive. But you never know till the twenty second. <laughs> when, uh, when you say positive, that's a a, a great word to want to start this discussion because we hear so much about the Augusta Commission, and a lot of it is actually to the negative. And you know, we we hear from so many sources when it comes to the commission. We hear from the general public. We hear from you know the media and their perspective. But I, I want to ask you, just based on some of those per perceptions, I want to ask you, what do you believe is the biggest misconception about the Augusta Commission with you being on that board? Well, I, I think one of the, the largest misconceptions is that we lack the ability to work together. And the last three-plus years that I've been on the commission, I've been able to work with all the members of the commission. We've never, we don't always agree on the same thing sometime, and sometime a few of us may get a little zealous in our uh, efforts to have things done the way we feel. But I, I think the public really feels that uh, the commission is not effective. But if you look back over the last three plus years, the commission has done a lot of good positive things for the community and improved several different situations. And people sometimes think you're not doing anything because the thing or the item or the area. 
that they're concerned with hasn't been addressed yet. So you can't go in today and finish everything tomorrow. <laughs> it's a time frame. Frame You have to plan. I, I was really surprised with a, a lot of projects, how long it how long it's required absolutely for the planning stage you know the architects and the draftsmen have to get together and draw up the plans that could take a year then other details that could take some time testing and all of that so it's really a it's a long drawn out process to really get anything of any major uh, 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 importance done and, and I think a lot of times when there's commissioners that have a different of opinion and some may be a little more zealous than others in getting their point across and it gives give people the perception that they don't know what they're doing and, and uh, they can't get along and things like that. But you have to understand a lot of the things and a lot of the business and cooperation isn't done behind the diets. It's already done prior to reaching the dyers. And that's how I work. You know, when um, I read my book, when I get it every week prior to the commission meeting and if I have questions or concerns, I'll take care of it. I'll make a phone call. i find out about it before the meeting. So I don't have to sit there and discuss something that's right there primarily in my book most of the time. Sure. And, you know, you don't waste a lot of the public's time. Though there are some that don't mind wasting the time. <laughs> well, me, I devote a large percentage of my time to being a commissioner. I'm, I'm always available to uh, uh, my constituents. I attend functions and things like that I'm invited to because I believe that's part of my job and I'm there to represent the local government in the community and people in the community want to see their representatives out. So some of us probably donate, not donate, but um, dedicate more time to doing things. And then if you look at District 2, District 2 is one of the most underserved areas in our community or neglected areas. So it's like the blighted houses. We have more in District 2 than anywhere else. Mm. So, you know, you, you're getting a lot, lot of complaints about uh, the lots needing to be cleaned, um, the boarded-up houses need to be uh, torn down. So it's a lot, and the problems that those items generate. So it's a, it's a lot of work, and, and people demand <laughs> that you take care of these things for them. Absolutely. And I just, if you guys, you guys may hear the phone ringing in the background, understand that is uh, Commissioner Williams' constituency, <laughs> re, re, you know, re, reaching out to him. I mean, e even now. So it just, just lets you know for the commissioners, it's a, it's a perpetual job. It's, it's an awesome responsibility. It's something that uh, Commissioner Williams here, you know, takes a lot of pride in. I think it's, it's, it's profound. So, you know, for those of us who know your backstory, someone who's worked, you know, in federal government, for or worked in federal government for the better part of, or nearly 40 years. And for even you to say, you know, sometimes, man, this process, it really takes long, you know, takes a yes. long time to get things done. I think it's just, I think that gives a, a unique perspective to what it is that you all do. With that, I want to ask you about one of the more and arguably most pressing issue in district two. And that is, you know, and, and you talked about dilapidation and that's certainly something that has been going on. I mean, for, for, for decades, 
But more recently, there's been the issue of what are we going to do with the Regency Mall and what are we going to do with that property? And uh, there was a proposal earlier this year um, to take that property and to put the new James Brown Arena there. I want to get your thoughts on what do you uh, think about the Regency Mall property? What should be done with that property? Is the James Brown Arena a good idea? Well, my my position on uh, the arena coming to Regency Mall is thus, and I've said this repeatedly. One, it's a very good location. <laughs> when you look at the accessibility from I-20, 520, South Carolina, Deansbridge Road, Gordon Highway, right in the center of the city. So the location is a good, positive location. The arrangements for acquiring the property is lousy. (laughs) Now, based on my last reading and discussion regarding the mall, the owners wants to give us 10.2 acres for our arena. They also want us to maintain, uh, resurface the entire mall parking lot, replace the lighting in the entire, entire mall, and maintain the area for 35 years. Now, my thing is, we are building and using taxpayers' money to purchase, well, to build a arena on a small piece of land that's going to eventually go back to the owner. And, and the mall itself, well, if we could purchase the mall and come up with some good, positive, and committed development for the mall, it could, it, it could be a very good idea. But from talking with people, people have been giving false hope that if the arena came to Regency Mall, there's going to be this gigantic boost of economic development. Well, the mall only has about 51 shows a year. So why would we expect a restaurant owner to come up and open up a restaurant across the street from the mall based upon the arena? Right. Now, of course, he has to use some more demographics in making a good, found, uh, good firm business decision to open up a business next to the arena. And 51, counting on 51 shows a, a year is not feasible. But it, it, can, it could be a good thing for the mall if the city could afford to buy it at the asking price and had some good investors lined up for it, we're fine. I I have an issue with the drawing that was available, what it could, could be. Good, fine, I like that. But what commitments do we have for the developers to come in and develop the property? So if we go through this effort of trying to purchase the mall and all of that, what are the people getting f- from it? Today, everybody be, yes, we want it out there, we want it. But in five years when nothing's going on, when there's no profit, there's no development, they go come back to the commissioners. You wasted our dollars. Mm. 
by putting it here. So I want to, my, my position is I want to see something that's in concrete, something in writing that's saying we're, we can do this, I will do this, this company will do that. That's going to really help the citizens of the area. Just putting the arena up up in Regency Mall in that little part over that 10.2 acres is not beneficial. The city should have bought that mall years ago when it was somewhat of a reasonable price. And we could have developed the area because, you know, in the back we're, we're building the, uh, the bus transfer right. area. So, you know, it, yes, something can be done, but at the price the guy is asking for it now. And if they don't negotiate with with sincerity, we should condemn it. But to condemn it, you have to have some public use for it. So we have to come up with some idea of what we want to use it for and how it's going to benefit the city. Leaving it downtown, I could go with downtown too. You know, but one of the good things is we can, we're can we here from the public on the 22nd. And, and, and this is something that should have been over with a long time ago. But putting it... Um, in the mall is a good idea, but how is it going to benefit the citizens? What will the citizens get out of it other than saying, oh, we got a new arena up at Regency Mall. So if we, we that's one of the main things, and, and it's hard to get people to understand because people see what they want to see. We'll return to making a difference after these messages. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College. Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Tax problems giving you the blues. Tax liens, levies, garnishments, unfiled tax returns, denied a passport because you owe back taxes. I'm Jesse Willard with your locally owned H&R Block in Hepsiburg. We have over 25 years of experience in representing clients with tax problems, and we can help you to jazz up your life. Contact us at 706-305-1412 to schedule your free consultation. H&R Block, the one you know and trust. You probably thought they only do porch railings and iron doors, but at AAA Iron and Fabrication, they do a whole lot more. They do grills, that's right. They fabricate custom grills for your cookout needs. They forge team-specific iron doors, meaning that you can show support for the Atlanta Falcons, the Georgia Bulldogs, or whichever team you love. Of course, they do a top-notch job with the services you are familiar with. They can make your porch look like new with hundreds of styles of railings. 
and they also provide security and style with window bars. AAA Iron and Fabrication is located at 2517 Deansbridge Road. They've been in business for decades and they take pride in serving the Augusta community and surrounding areas. AAA Iron and Fabrication, they are ready to work for you. AAA Iron and Fabrication, 706-738-8044, 706-738-8044. Tell them you heard this ad on Making a Difference and you'll get 15% off your order. To the residents of District 2 and all of Augusta, I am Dennis Williams, your commissioner in District 2, and I need your vote for re-election on Tuesday, May the 22nd. When you elected me four years ago, I expressed my frustration with the lack of growth, jobs, and services here in Augusta, Richmond County. While there is work to be done, there are some great opportunities coming to our city. The state of Georgia is investing over $50 million for a world-class cyber range and training facility in Augusta. It is up to myself and my colleagues on the Augusta Commission to make sure that the city is ready for this unique development. For decades, flooding was a major problem in District 2 and throughout Augusta. Now, thanks to the work of the Augusta Commission and city employees, there is a funding mechanism dedicated to drainage. You know about my previous work as the former president of the Augusta NAACP, as well as my nearly 40-year career as an employee for the federal government. The most important thing I can talk about now, however, is the future. That's why we need action, not just promises. This is why I encourage you to vote early. If you can't take advantage of advanced voting, I need your vote on Tuesday, May the 22nd, so that I can continue the work that is needed in District 2. I continue to humbly ask for your prayers, your support, and your vote for me, Dennis Williams, the incumbent, and your District 2 commissioner, paid for by the committee to re-elect Dennis Williams. Great assessment um, there by you in terms of, uh, of of the Regency Mall, and of course, um, when we uh, when we all vote on May the twenty second, it's something that you know once again the voters will have an opportunity to to speak through uh, speak to uh, through the ballot. I want to ask you um, about, and this is something that you've had a chance to talk about, and some and something that you've had to be a, a chance to be a part of is uh, the state of Georgia uh, investing over fifty million dollars um, for. Uh, the uh, cyber facility that's going to be downtown. This is something that, you know, you spoke very, very uh, favorably of in the past. What do you think this investment in, in the cyber center is going to mean for the city of Augusta? Well, if we, we look at it now and it's not even open, <laughs> there's a lot of growth in our community regard because of the cyber center. Businesses are coming down, buying uh, office space, leasing office space in our community and providing an opportunity for employment for the people of our community. Now, when we talk about employment for the cyberspace uh, 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 issue, we have to understand you have to be qualified and trained in, in, in this particular profession versus just somebody giving you a job. And there's a lot of uh, availability for people to go and get trained Lucky we're seeing, we are seeing some young people coming out of high school with uh, their certificates from Augusta College, uh, Augusta Tech, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Augusta Tech in this field. So therefore, there's an employment opportunity for the young person here in Augusta. And, be, and, and a lot of the businesses and the city is trying to keep our young people here in Augusta. So this is one of the positive things. And the governor has been quite um, generous with, Augusta, with Augusta in uh, providing the cyber center. And then the second building, mm -hmm. and then the city agreeing to put in, um, I think, $14 million for a garage. And all of that is just improving the downtown area. It, it took some land that was just sitting there on the riverfront, and now it's productive. Uh, it's encouraging businesses to open up because your population is growing. And with the millennials coming, you know, apartments are being rented out. More, probably more than houses are being bought because the young person really don't want the responsibility of a house. You know, they like the apartment living like living where they can leave the apartment and go and have dinner and have a few drinks and come back home versus driving all the way out to Hepzibah somewhere coming back in. But it's it's go be it's go be and it's proving to be now a very positive thing for our, com our community. But the main thing is that we have to encourage the members of our community to go to school, even if you have to change your career field. If you're looking for something different, the jobs are available, but we have to have the manpower available for the jobs. If not, outsiders will come in and take these jobs. And uh, the Chamber of Commerce is promoting it, uh, the, and especially the education part of it, you know, your, your different businesses and such. They're promoting people to go to technical school, um, Augusta University, has just started up a new department. Augusta Tech has one. And we have the tools for people, but we have, it's it, the people that really need a, a job, we have to figure out a way to get them motivated and interested in going and getting some training in these career fields that's available. And even if you have a bad record, a felony or something, you can always market yourself Whereas that could be something that's disregarded because of the other good qualities you have. So people with, with bad records shouldn't just give up hope. You just have to, you have to design yourself a little differently and try to make up in one area to cover up for that negative part. I was going to say, when you talk about uh, what's going on with, uh, with cyber, uh, certainly, and I would say, you know, for the, the residents of Augusta, and I would just even say in surrounding communities, I understand the opportunity that we have here. And the concern that I have is, um, and you alluded to it somewhat, is I, I believe in some cases there may be an opportunity disparity. There may be an information disparity, which is why I can speak to for the Making a Difference podcast. We are going to reach out to Augusta University. We are going to reach out to Augusta Tech to make sure that people know exactly what's going on when we talk about cyber. Because I think people will, you know, will hear just that singular word and, you know, they associated with these opportunities that's coming out here. But I really want people to be able to see it and for it to be tangible for folks where they can feel like, well, hey, you know, my son or daughter uh, may be coming up, maybe not even so much, you know, when we talk about, you know, 18 to, to 35 and maybe something where maybe someone older, maybe in their 40s yeah. who says they want to reinvent themselves or maybe want to do something different. Cyber may be an opportunity for you. So we're looking forward to to having those discussions and having that dialogue um, with 
you know, Augusta University with Augusta Tech and with, of course, the um, the uh, stakeholders and the caretakers of this new opportunity in terms of cyber. Right. And this opportunity will be bring, bring in jobs outside of the specialty of cyber. Absolutely. You know, so but a lot of times in order to get these government jobs, you have to make sure that your record is clean. So we need to go back and check our past to make sure that there may not be any mistakes in our background check, or if there's something that could be removed from my background check, we have to do all of that. We have to market ourselves and prepare ourselves for these type of jobs. And we need to do it ahead of time. We don't have to wait until somebody give you an opportunity and then they go check and say, well, I'm sorry, you can't get this job because of this, that, and the other. But if you go through and make sure your record is correct and up to par, and even some felonies, you know, some, some changes, if you could justify or explain, you still may have an opportunity because the my business community is looking for good, capable individuals to do the work that's needed. And we have to market ourselves so that they can see and realize that we're that product they need. Certainly. I want to... Um ask you this and this is kind of a an ideological question it was a conversation i believe i heard that um between you and your your opponent and i want to ask you this in terms of district two and this idea that and and of course we talked about this earlier in the podcast you know in terms of some people will say well the the concerns of district two um you know have, have gone you know unheard for you know for a certain period of time and I believe I heard you say something to the effect of some of the challenges that we're facing in District 2 are things that we've been facing for decades, and it's going to take longer than a year, two years, um, four years to, you know, solve some of these problems, which underscores the importance right. of, you know, your reelection and things like that. Kind of kind of take us through that, and um, this may be a unique opportunity to speak to your constituency about the importance of what's going on in District 2 and why you all need to continue in that work. Well, one of the things that we're doing, we're using uh – stormwater funds to uh, correct a lot of flooding problems. If you recall, over on the other side of Peach Orchard Road, around Smith's Drive and Chester, back in that area, we had a bad storm a year or so ago, and it, the sewer system backed up. Mm. Because the sewer system, the whole infrastructure in the city is outdated. And it's small and can't accommodate the growth. So we, we've always had flooding over in that area very bad, very bad. Now, we've corrected some of the flood, flooding over there, and it's going back with, like, your ditches. We have a lot of drainage ditches over there, and that's really hard to keep up with. And also um, the blighted houses, they're hard to maintain. You, you, you put in a request to have them boarded up. They boarded up two weeks later. They, they open up again, you know. Mm-hmm and things like that. So we've, we've been very conscious about those type things, for example, uh, and trying to improve our infrastructure and trying to improve policies. Um, and, and it's a difficult task because people have been suffering with these issues for years, and they expect you to come in, and it's overnight. Right. Now, when we put in that new, um, they put in a new uh, drainage system over on Martin Luther King and 12th, 
and they put one in over on, I think it's Chester on the other side of Peach Orchard. Now, those were done kind of fast because they were emergencies. Sure. And, and we're doing a lot of that in, in, in District 2, and we're, in, we're improving the whole infrastructure. If you look at Peach Orchard Road up to Windsor Spring, there's a lot of growth in that area. And, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things that it's so much going on and so much that needs to be done. And, and yet sometimes it appears that we're wasting our time on issues that um, is not really related and concerning the improvement of the quality of life. So, you know, if people get a little disturbed with that and then people get a little upset because you're not coming over on my block, <laughs> you know. One of the biggest problems that I had and I really wanted to do something about during my term was the old cotton press. And in my three plus years, I really have not been able to do anything with it other than keep the little alley cut behind the people's houses. But I understand that someone bought that land hmm. and uh, they're going to uh, develop it into homes. And that's something that I'm proud of. I didn't have a thing to do with it, but I'm proud of it because that was one of my main interests. Interest is trying to get something done in the cotton press area because it's, you know, had a bunch of snakes and uh, rodents and all that back there. So now, it's going to be cleaned up because the city couldn't afford to clean it up at a $600,000, the estimate. So it's going to be cleaned up and it's going to be developed. So all of that area, especially around Mill Street and Wrightsville Road, is going to improve those uh, apartments that's going over at a foundry place on Dent Boulevard and Wrightsville Road. That's going to be done and that's going to improve that whole area. And... You know, it's between one and two, District one and two. And all that area is eventually going to be developed. But we have to look at the fact that you can't do it overnight. But if you look at what has been done three years ago compared to the prior three or four years, it's a lot of things done. And, and, and we, we've improved the situation of our employees that's that's the main the main thing. Our law enforcement agencies, they're starting off at a decent salary, so we can keep people. You're not gonna keep everybody, but you go give them a good reason to stay with a reasonable starting salary and 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 progress. We change their retirement, so everybody when you retire, you have a decent check coming in, and and we've done a lot of things like that. Some things. People don't agree with some do. So, you know, my position is nobody's always happy. So I have to make the best decision for the greater good. And that's what I, I, I do, you know, and going about my business and try. I look out for District 2. I try to represent it well. Anybody call, well, we need you here. We want you to do this, this, that, and other. I'm there. That's, that's excellent. I think it's a, a great way to wrap up this podcast. Just one more thing, and what I always encourage people to do, the first thing I encourage anybody and everybody to do is to go vote. But the second thing I encourage you to do is I think so often, you know, if the only time you're talking to your um, to your representative is when they're up for election or re-election, then you're doing yourself a great disservice. Uh, Mr. Williams here, Commissioner Williams, is very accessible. 
Um, as a matter of fact, I'm sure you'll give the folks your number or information yeah. now if they want to get in touch with you. Give, give them that number real quick. That number is 706-432-8093. 706-432-8093. You can call the commissioner. And look, he takes calls. Uh, all times of the day. I'm sure he has ideal times that he would like for you to call, but he's uh, he, he was just telling me about a call he took from a constituent at 6 o'clock in the morning, so he's certainly dedica- dedicated um, to his job and to the uh, responsibility of, uh, of serving District 2, and we're so glad to have Commissioner Dennis Williams, who is the inc- incumbent and, is, and needs your vote on Tuesday, May 22nd for re-election. So glad to have him on the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, so the episode just ended, and you're mad. MAD making a difference, but you're also mad because the episode is over. But here's the deal. The movement continues. It continues on social media and far beyond social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference show. And you can keep up with social commentaries. You can also know when the podcasts are coming out. You can also know when our video laws are coming out. And that's the way you can keep up with that is facebook.com backslash making difference show. You can also keep up with us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Difference making that's D I F F E R E N C E making M A K I N. If you want to follow the SoundCloud podcast, you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. If you're interested in advertising with making a difference, you can shoot an email to making M A K I N a difference show at gmail.com. That's making a difference show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Peace and God bless. You win. Perfect.